should you really be contributing to your company's 401k? On this episode of Millstone River Live, 10 reasons to contribute to a company 401k plan. Welcome to Millstone River Live, a podcast brought to you by Millstone River Wealth Management. Maybe I, th- I think it'd be helpful if we could start off with, you know, just a refresher on what is a 401k. Sure. Uh, many companies offer them nowadays, more and more each year, it seems. 401k is, for most people, the best way available to save money for the future. It could be thought of as a retirement plan. It could be thought of as a nest egg builder. It allows you to put money away with special tax treatment. It allows you to save on an ongoing basis. It allows you to access high-quality investment options. And it allows you to advantageously save for your future. So if you've been recently hired or or worked at an employer that's offered this, but you haven't yet signed up, you know, why why should you care that, that this is an offering available to you? I think what happens is most people get to a certain point in life when they start thinking or even panicking about how are they going to pay for their future, whether it be the cost of living increases or not wanting to work either full-time or at all when you get to a certain age. Maybe it's not being able to work. Maybe you get to a certain point in life when you just want to hang up your gloves. And having a nest egg built would allow you the financial independence to do that. Being able to take advantage of all those tools means you'll grow the money bigger, faster than if you were to do it without those special treatments. So maybe you can highlight what are some of the features that uh, does allow for greater accumulation in the 401k plan versus maybe alternative investment options? Sure. So I think a lot of people start off right out of the gate talking about taxes or lack of taxes. So basically, there's two ways that you can save in terms of income taxes. One is... uh, If you do a traditional 401k contribution, that money goes in pre-tax. In other words, you go to work, you earn a dollar. That whole dollar can go into your 401k plan without having to share any of it with Uncle Sam. That means that more money goes into your investing. Um, There are now Roth 401k provisions, which not every plan offers, but it seems more and more add that feature each year That does not get you a pre-tax contribution, but like the traditional, both allow you to grow that money year to year without having to pay any taxes for capital gains or dividends or interest earned. And so there's really two big potential uh, tax wins. If you do the traditional, you will pay income tax when you take that money out. Uh, There's really no way to avoid that. Um, If you do the Roth contribution, you'll never pay tax on the money when it comes out. And that's kind of a cool thing. There are benefits to each. There's pros and cons. And for some people, you can use both. And it makes sense to take advantage of pre-tax and after-tax contributions that yield later on 
taxable and non-taxable distributions. Besides preferential tax treatment, what, what are some other features that potentially might be available as part of um, a 401k plan uh, that you know the participant, the, the person signing up might find valuable? Sure. So for one thing, you all accumulate more money uh, using a 401k than most other plans that are available to you, including just opening your own investment account or savings account. And the reason for that starts with taxes, as we just mentioned, but there's a few other things that goes on. Um, not all companies offer a match or some sort of employer contribution, but for those that do, that's a big win. If the company gives you a dollar, that's a dollar that goes right into your plan. That dollar is pre-tax, and that dollar will grow and be compounded over time alongside all of the other money that you contribute and that they may contribute at a later point. So that accumulation for retirement over time, along with, if available, an employer match or an employer contribution is big. But there's another feature I should mention here too, and that is automation. We know that the human mind often works against us. And if left to our own devices, every month or every week, if we had to sit down and think, do I want to put money into my retirement plan? Well, there's probably a hundred other things we'd rather put money into. Sometimes desire, sometimes necessity, but the 401k will continually compete so we like talking, as you know, Adam, about automation because it goes against our natural human apathy. So we take the money directly from our paycheck. Every pay period, we don't spend it. We can't use it for anything else. Now, of course, we could change this. There's no law. There's nothing that ties your hands behind your back. But taking the money from each paycheck to invest so we don't spend it is big. And so sometimes we use an illustration to sort of help people see how this is beneficial. And there's a famous psychological experiment in which you offered someone a marshmallow in the morning, but you ask them, don't eat it until 6 p.m. There's a pretty good chance that they're going to eat it during the day. But if I hold that marshmallow for you until 6 p.m., there's a pretty great chance that you're not going to touch it until then. Same is true for retirement savings. If we can defer it, automatically from payroll. We make that decision during a sober moment of good conscientious thought and planning, and then we put that money away and we can't touch it until our later years. There's a much better chance we'll accumulate a bigger nest egg that'll be there when we need it most. So that fits well with the old concept of pay yourself first. You pay know. yourself first, exactly. And often. <laughs> you gave, um, Gave some compelling reasons to, I guess, think about uh, enrolling in a 401k plan. So let's say now you, you, you've done that. You've uh, decided, uh, you know, perhaps with working with your financial advisor, how much you want to put away. Uh, now what happens? So the next thing that you have to think about is, uh, of course, not only the decision, like you said, to put that money away and how much of it you want to put away, um, but then how do you want that money to be invested? Well, 401k, again, prevails for a lot of people because it makes the choice of investing much more simple. You can have it done for you. Uh, most plans now offer an option where based on your age or your risk tolerance or a combination of other factors, the investment portfolio is built using all the major asset classes. 
and it will be put together in a way that is dispassionate or objective. It's not subjective to the whims of the market or the news headlines or the emotional impacts of otherwise bad decision-making. So having the investments available to you so you can make a choice if that's how you'd like to proceed, most plans give you the ability to make your own choice. But in our experience, we find most people would rather have it done for them professionally with uh, objectivity, with a strategy in mind, with diversification, with rebalancing or reconstitution over time. And so that choosing of investments becomes a non-issue in most 401k plans. It's um, hard for us to, to, to go through any one of these podcasts without talking about the elephant in the room, which is the power of compounding and the benefit of starting to save early. Um, maybe you could you know, illustrate how, how does this tie in uh, to um, you know, saving and investing in a 401k plan. Sure. So, of course, because the government is giving you preferential tax treatment, they get to put some restrictions on there. They start with a contribution limit, but I would say that the contribution limit for 401k plans is higher than most other individual-type retirement vehicles that are available to us. So that makes it advantageous. When you add in what you mentioned compounding. Well, now we've just taken it to a whole nother level because what a lot of people fail to realize is that is perhaps the two most impactful aspects of this plan, more so than what your company does or what the vendors do in terms of marketing the plan, much more important than the payroll functions or any of the specific features. It's how much money you put away and how does that money grow through compounding over time. So if you earned, by example, an average rate of return each year of about 8%, you could reasonably expect that your very first 401k contribution would double about every nine years. And if you consider that most people work for about 40 years, that initial contribution would double roughly four times. And if you're adding to your original contribution ongoing every year and maybe even receive an employer match or a contribution of some type, you could see your savings experience real growth potential over that period of time. And like a snowball rolling downhill, it gets bigger over time, and so does the rate of growth in that plan. More dollars earning that average rate of return means more dollars in return. More dollars in return means more future growth, and that's how compounding works. And just to share, you know, when we show somebody, hey, if you get your first 401k plan at age 25 and you work until age 65, that first dollar that you put away plus the subsequent dollars, the compounded growth, that person who's not necessarily making an astounding salary or putting away an outrageous amount of money could accumulate a pretty sizable retirement nest egg, probably blow away anything else that you would do starting at a later age just because of that compounded growth. As those funds are, are compounding, you know, maybe as a comparison, um, what are some of the investment features that a, a plan might offer compared to if someone was investing um, you know, on their own individually? 
And, um, you know, every plan is different, but just in general, when it comes to, to, to fees, you know, how would you describe the, the cost of investing in a plan versus when you're, you're doing it individually? That's a good point. So fees are a major erosive factor on any type of investment. And we can't invest for free, but we can be smart about how we do it. Um, sometimes people will say, well, you get what you pay for. I guess to some extent that might be true, but you certainly don't want to overpay for anything that you're getting in a 401k, just like any other form of investment. Over time, as you're adding money to this and the account value presumably grows, not necessarily every day or even every year, but certainly over time, because you're contributing to this plan, which is for all of the employees in that plan and the employer at large is part of a much bigger group of employers that that uh, investment company works with, that those mutual funds are taking in dollars from, you get the benefit of relatively low cost to attain that professionally managed and diversified portfolio. If you're going to try to build that on your own, could you do it? For sure. And if you had professional assistance to do it, absolutely. But could you do it as cost effectively? Maybe not. 401k allows you to build a very high quality portfolio that's well run. Even if you're not paying attention to it, it's being paid attention and not necessarily for as high a cost as you might expect. Now, one other thing I would add is that since 401ks started to become popular in the mid-1980s, um, fees have come down. Unlike so many other things in life, the cost of investing in a 401k plan is now a fraction of what it was a couple of decades earlier. And so that makes it even more compelling to be able to do. The, the major uh, force of resistance that sometimes I'll get when discussing uh, enrolling and saving in a 401k plan is, you know, has to do with access to the funds. You know, what, what happens if there's an emergency or I need funds from this account in advance of, you know, turning 59 and a half, for example, maybe you could just walk through um, how the 401k potentially handles that. So accessing the money before age 59 and a half, we always say you really should avoid. It's not a good idea and it is costly sometimes, but life throws a curveball occasionally and accessing that money might be the lesser of two evils. Some plans will offer a loan provision or a hardship provision or both. Let me just take a second and tell you what that means. The loan provision is where you can borrow money from your own plan. You can only borrow up to half of your contributed amount up to a total of $50,000 at a time. You have to repay that money within five years or less. And if you fail to do it, it's going to be treated as a taxable distribution subject to income tax and penalty from the IRS. So we tell people, think very carefully before making a decision about taking a loan, because for all the reasons that you might need that loan money now, it might come back to bite you later. If paying your bills today is difficult because of cash flow, adding another payment only makes things harder to pay. And so it makes it more likely that you'll have that loan end up in a default and then create a more costly tax and penalty consequence. But if you need it, you need it. And the loan provision 
can be helpful for some people in some circumstances. You can model the loan, see what your payments look like, and you can determine whether or not that's going to actually be more helpful or work against you. The other way I mentioned is to take a hardship withdrawal. Hardship withdrawal is exactly as it sounds. It is meant for somebody who is going through some form of financial hardship. It could be due to a major life event, uh, an eviction from your home or foreclosure on a mortgage. It could be a major medical expense, for example. There's some others. The idea there is that you can take the money out. Now, there are some restrictions here. So taking it out, if you meet the criteria and your employer signs off on that, you can avoid the IRS penalty. But you are now going to be suspended from the plan for a period of time, usually six months, and unable to further make contributions. You may not care about that because you needed the money in the first place, but that's going to put a big damper on your future nest egg accumulation. It means that you'll have less money compounding today and you'll have less money to spend later on. But loans and hardship withdrawals are up to the discretion of the employer if they offer it to the plan or not. If they do offer it, it's available to you. If they don't, then that access can only be from a premature distribution, which is always subject to income tax and penalty consequences. Thank you for uh, clarifying that. I know sometimes there's confusion. Uh, maybe a, a fair place to kind of wrap it up is it's not our intention to scare people, but if you have access to a, a employer retirement plan and you decide not to use it, well, what other sources are there uh, to support you in retirement? So for over 90 years, we've had the option of retiring with Social Security. That's a safety net from the federal government. It was put in place uh, soon after the Great Depression because they wanted to make certain that people were not going to become financially destitute in their golden years, not be able to buy food or pay for housing, medical care, those types of things. But we know now Social Security is just not enough for most people. Most people need something in addition to Social Security in order to be able to fund their lifestyle through their retirement years. And so we know that saving in a plan like this allows you the ability while you're younger, while you're working, while you have income and positive cash flow to be able to set aside a few dollars with each pay period. You get the benefit of what we call dollar cost averaging. What's that mean? It means putting money away when markets are up and when markets are down reducing the risk that you'll invest at the wrong time. Having a better chance that the money that you do contribute over time will in fact grow and create a tax advantaged place for you to supplement that social security or other income sources. Even for the few people remaining who are working for an employer that provides some form of a pension and a 401k, if that exists, it's still a good idea to contribute, I would say, for most people in most circumstances, only because it would allow you the ability to pay for the things that are most important to you when you get to those retirement years above 59 and a half, whether, by the way, you're working or not. So we covered uh, tax preferential, the ability to have a diversified, robust investment plan, uh, the benefits of automated savings, anything that we um, didn't touch on that before we end? 
I think that's it. I think what we wanted to do was just get people to think a little bit about it. If you're not yet contributing to a 401k that's available to you, we would encourage you to think about that. Give it a hard consideration. If you are contributing, we also encourage you here, take another look. Make sure all of your elections are in line. Are you contributing as much as you can be or should be? Are you invested in a way that's appropriate for you? Are you sort of setting yourself up for future success? We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Millstone River Live. Feel free to share it with someone you think might benefit. Millstone River Wealth Management is an independent wealth management firm based in New Jersey with offices in Manasquan and Marlton. We form a supportive partnership with our clients and help with financial education and planning. You can send feedback and questions to podcast at millstone-river.com. More information about our firm can be found online at millstone-river.com.